Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 138, and it's a really fun one once again because a lot of cool stuff happened. We were just talking about this. I mean, another great week of the baseball season, the NFL draft. We're going to talk about all the first-round picks. And a couple standouts from outside the first round. And the NBA playoffs have been awesome, too. Yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Talking all three sports today. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. And start off with the opener. And I want to say that the favorite thing that I saw this past week is the Memphis Grizzlies heading home after the first round. And just kind of everything that's transpired inspired with the Grizzlies this season has been absolutely hilarious with John Morant saying I'm fine in the West and then proceeding to get kicked out in six games to the 40 point blowout loss in game six to kick him out of the playoffs and now it coming out that the Grizzlies are not going to be doing anything with Dylan Brooks in the offseason meaning that he is going to be a free agent and uh he'll have a market probably but it should be interesting to see what team wants him, what players want him to be on his team, and, uh, and all that stuff. So, uh, Shanghai Sharks, we'll see. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good one, Kyle, uh, I got to admit. And uh, sorry, maybe, for taking this one, if this was the best thing you, you saw for real. The Warriors. The Warriors are moving on. They got past the Kings. It was looking a little scary for us after they lost uh, – lost an extra game on the road. Um, but Stephen Curry in game seven was coming out looking for blood, hunting his shots, ended up with 50 points. That's the most ever in a game seven of all time, passing Kevin Durant. So there's an interesting piece of legacy for your Warriors fans right there. That's a pretty cool thing. Also, Kevon Looney, 21 boards, 10 on the offensive side. You can't ask for any more. Warriors are moving on. First games against the Lakers tonight. We're going to talk more about those series of later though yeah yeah we'll talk more about the Warriors in a bit uh but moving into the team reports now for the Raiders and the Jets it's obviously been a pretty big week for both of us since the NFL draft was this past week so I guess I'll just go over the picks that the Raiders took and uh Scott will probably do the same and then we'll get into where's your head at and whatnot uh so first off pick seven Tyree Wilson I'll get more into this pick later Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that pick there because we will be doing first round grades for every pick in the first round. Uh, second pick was Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame with the fourth pick in the second round. Uh, and I really like this pick. It was very deep class in if, as far as tight ends go this year. And the Raiders really capitalized off of that with Waller now being gone. And Michael Mayer is probably the perfect guy to come in and replace Waller. Great pass catcher, does a lot of things well. Uh, and we're obviously paying him quite a bit less than what Darren Waller was getting. Uh, third round, couple of picks here for the Raiders. The seventh pick in the round was Byron Young, a D tackle from Alabama. I don't know too much about this guy, but he looks to be solid. Anytime that a guy's playing under Nick Saban, you can expect this guy's a well-coached dude. So uh, I'm cool with Byron Young. Uh, next up was Trey Tucker, the 37th pick in the third round. Pick number 100 in the total draft. Wide receiver out of Cincinnati. This pick got a pretty low grade. Mm. Uh, and I see why. Because he's really just a, a return specialist. And a guy to kind of take the top off of defense. By running streaks and stuff like that. Uh, best case scenario is like a 
you know, Walmart Deshaun Jackson, I guess you could call sure. it, where he's got the agility and he's got the speed. Uh, but putting it all together as a total wide receiver, probably not going to be there for Trey Tucker. But uh, if he turns out to be the guy that we were missing in the offense this past year, which I said all last year was the guy to take the top off the defense, then I'm completely okay with this pick. Uh, next one was Jacorian Bennett in round four cornerback Adam Maryland. This was the pick right before Keely Ringo went to the Eagles. Uh, and the Raiders traded up for this pick too, just to, right before the day three draft started. I like it. I mean, I don't really know too much about him, uh, but based off of the initial stuff, I, I'm okay with it. Next up, I believe this was the last pick of the fourth round was Aiden O'Connell QB out of Purdue. Uh, again, just going to be a backup at this point. Obviously Jimmy's a starter mm-hmm. uh, and Based off of where they took a QB, it kind of tells you how much they believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so hopefully Aiden doesn't have to play much at all this year. If any, I like him. Uh, and, and he looks like a solid dude. Yeah. Uh, someone that's pro-style quarterback and uh, could eventually end up being a guy who gets the reins of the offense. He was offense really good in that Big Ten well. championship game. Sorry for cutting you off there. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, next up. Fifth round pick, 35th pick in the round, number 170, was Christopher Smith II, who's a like safety out of Georgia. A lot of people really like him. Good player out of the Georgia defense, so I'm just cool with that. And the sixth round pick, Amari Bernie, linebacker out of Florida. Don't know anything about him. And then the seventh round pick, number 231, Nesta Jade Silverera. <laughs> That's a name right there. Deep tackle out of Arizona State. I don't know who he is. So uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, the Jets also picked in this draft a couple times, seven times, but I'll only talk about the first three guys we drafted because those are probably the only guys that'll play. Um, first pick, Will McDonald, the fourth uh, defensive end, Iowa State. He was misused there at Iowa State. Uh, they run the four-eyed defensive scheme, which pretty much means even though Will McDonald should be an edge rusher, edge rusher sorry, he lines up uh, inside the guard. And uh, the clips we do have of him playing edge are, are pretty good. So I'm, I'm happy, uh, you know, I, I'll stop right there. We'll get more into that uh, <laughs> with the grading. Uh, the second pick was Joe Tipman, uh, listed as a center from Wisconsin. But since he's six foot six, I think he's going to be a starting guard for us. And the last six, pick. So that's, that's a tall yeah. center. I'm not going to lie. Exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there's, there's not a guy like him. So I'm thinking maybe we drafted him as a guard. Um, and then Carter Warren in the fourth round, a tackle from Pitt. He is kind of like a Becton sized guy, but more of a pass rusher than a, a run mauler. So maybe they're hoping this kind of guy could stay healthy, healthy and be a, uh, you know, decent swing tackle. And, uh, that's, those are all the guys I wanted to talk about, uh, because the other guys will not be getting much burn the first year, but if they do, you, you know, I'll be talking about them in the jet report. So course, those are the notable picks from the Jets and the Jet Report. Yeah. Moving into where's your head at, the only baseball that we're talking about this week is going to be player, pitcher, and rookie of the week. Skeller, who is your player of the week? Come on now, Kyle. It's Brent Rooker, the outfielder from the A's. A 400 batting average, three homers, eight ribbies this week. The second highest OPS in baseball over the last seven days. And I'm so happy the A's got this guy because he's exciting to watch and uh, he's been mashing right now. Yeah. For the sake of giving another answer, I also yeah. took Bo Bichette 
so okay. 10 for 23, three homers and nine RBIs for Bro. Uh, he's been a stud for the Blue Jays, who are 18 and 11 right now. Uh, but yeah, Brent Rooker, a complete snub for not being on the all MLB April's team. Uh, I guess this is the late April Fool's joke because they put Jared Kalanick on the team over him, even though he has every <laughs> statistical category except for stolen bases better than Jared Kalanick. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of tells you if the MLB is really, you know, up with their shits or not. Uh, and obviously they're not because Brent Rooker was the best damn player in the MLB this past month. Uh, moving on to pitcher of the, of the week though. A lot of good options this week, but I went with a guy who dealed twice during the week. Josiah Gray with the two and O record, six innings shutout at the Mets and six innings given up one run against Pittsburgh. And that's a first place team. You know, we, we got to look at Pittsburgh a little differently now. Uh, so putting that into perspective, Josiah Gray really shoved this week. So he's my pitcher of the week. Um, Pittsburgh is now going to Tampa. So we have a Pirates versus Rays series going on now, which is pretty, pretty cool to That's see. Beautiful. So tune into that if you get the chance. Uh, Nathan Evaldi was the guy that I went for my pitcher of the yeah, week. He had yeah. a complete game shutout against the New York Yankees. Nine innings, of course, three hits, no runs, no walks, and eight strikeouts. I picked him in fantasy this year, so seeing a return on the investment like that is pretty yeah. nice. So, he was a guy uh, I've talked about before the season started. Shout out Eovaldi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Rookie of the Week. Again, a, a couple pretty good pitchers to choose from, but I went with the guy who's been the top rookie pitcher this year, Hunter Brown. Another seven-inning shutout performance, eight Ks in the win at Tampa Bay. What a start for Hunter Brown. Yeah, I went with Hunter Brown as well, too. Only two hits allowed and two walks allowed in that performance in his seven uh, shutout innings against Tampa eight K's as well too. Like you said, uh, another guy took in fantasy. So seeing a return on him is pretty nice as well too. Let's go ahead and get into our first round grades for the NFL picks. Obviously 31 picks in the round in the draft this round because uh, Miami Dolphins were caught tampering. So they didn't have their first round pick. Uh, so let's go ahead and get it started. Number one overall yeah. pick, Bryce Young going to the Carolina Panthers. I gave the Bryce Young pick an A. I think it's the right pick, but I didn't give it an A plus because he's probably going to get hurt. We we haven't seen a guy like him, his size, his play style, work since Drew Brees. So he's got to play similarly to Drew Brees instead of Kyler Murray. And if he does, if he you know plays through this year with with no Knicks, then maybe it gets bumped up to an A plus. Cause I think Bryce Young's the best quarterback in this class. I, I gave uh, the Panthers an A minus on this pick. I think Bryce Young's the right pick. However, yeah. I just wasn't in love with any of the quarterbacks in, in this draft class. I don't know if I would have been a team to really go and trade up for one. And I know yeah. Bryce Young's probably a step up over Matt Corral, but I feel for Matt Corral cause he got hurt and he won't even get a yeah. chance when he was probably the most, Probably the most polarizing rookie quarterback in last year's class, even though he never got a chance with his injury. Trade him to Moving on to number else. two. Yeah. CJ Stroud going to the Houston Texans. Also an A. I uh again I, I like I like CJ Stroud. I think he's good enough. Like you said, it's it's not the same kind of quarterback class we're used to. These guys aren't gonna all be stars. But again, it's it's I think it's the right pick. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the Texans, I'm sure, when we get to this next pick. But uh, I'm glad they didn't overthink this one. They need a quarterback. Yeah, 
I, I gave it a B plus. Again, like I said, I wasn't too happy with uh, any of the quarterbacks in this draft class. However, I think it's it's probably the right pick for the Texans, even though I, if I was them, I probably would have waited on getting a quarterback next year because if C.J. Stroud sucks, then you're just screwed over for another three to four years. However, if you waited on a quarterback or even just took Will Anderson here and didn't trade up for pick three yeah. and you had your pick next year, Caleb Williams falls right into your laps. And we know how good of a prospect Caleb Williams is. And uh, I mean, the Texans pretty much just said right there that they're not going to be going after him because they shut in some of their, for the rest of their future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but D'Amico Ryan's obviously had to make a move like this to kind of, you know, say that I'm not, uh, but she made another move the next pick, uh, trading up for pick mm-hmm. number three and taking Will Anderson Jr. This one's an A minus. And uh, I, I have a, a pretty good feeling here that D'Amico Ryans really wanted Will Anderson. The owner really wanted a quarterback. So the GM compromised and got both of them. And uh, it's, it's, it's still an A minus. It's a good grade because he's, he's the best defensive player in this class. Uh, I think he's better than Jalen Carter. So. Pretty risky giving up the first round pick. We'll see for sure, but he's a great player. Yeah. Number three, uh, same thing. A for me, I think, uh, you know, they did well on this pick, probably the best defensive player in the, in the class. And, uh, you know, you kind of give up a lot for that trade. So you're banking a lot on CJ Stroud and Will Anderson kind of developing and into like pro bowl type guys, or else you're going to be looking at that trade in, in a bad look. But, uh, I think the the Texans did as well as they probably could for the if they were going to have two picks in the top three. Yeah. Next up, number four, Anthony Richardson going to the Indianapolis Colts. A minus, uh, insanely risky pick, but you know Jim Mersey is all right with that. He loves the big traits guy, and Anthony Richardson, as of right now, is all traits. So uh, a very intriguing combination there. Uh, the Colts get a quarterback. They they love and it's it's probably going to turn out well i think yeah uh i gave it an a i think it's the right pick for the colts and i, I like that they really understood where they are in the division right now uh they knew that they weren't going to be the team that's just gonna you know retool like they have the last like six or seven years ever since andrew luck retired and just mm-hmm. try to be you know find a way in the playoffs and see what happens from there because it's failed for them pretty much every single year uh, but Anthony Richardson gives them a chance if everything works out well to kind of be, you know, in the top tier of the AFC come three, four years from now when Anthony Richardson starts to, you know, yeah. hit his prime. Uh, number five, Seattle taking Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. Yeah. I'm going to give a Witherspoon a B plus here. I think he's an awesome player, but he's a nickel corner and a third safety. And if he's not the best at his position, we're going to look back and think, damn, they probably shouldn't have taken him at five. Um, but I think he's still a, a great player. So it's a B plus as of right now, but it, it's it's very risky for sure. I, I enjoy this pick quite a bit for, for the Seahawks because I think they're trying to create the LOB, the Legion of Boom 2.0. Yeah. Uh, and they already got what might be one of the best, if not the best corner in the NFL over the next you know five to 10 years of Tariq Woolen and how he has developed. I know you're going to say sauce. But Tariq Woolen's right up there with them. And, and Kobe Durant, or not Kobe Durant, Kobe Bryant was just as yeah. good as, not just as good, but he was a great player for the Seahawks last year too. And I think if they, you know, set in this trio of these three young guys and they're, you know, playing together for four, five, six years in a row, 
you build chemistry that you're not going to see from just, you know, throwing three all pros on the same team in one year and just letting them go. Yeah. I think you're going to see some pretty good chemistry from Seattle. And uh, I think this pick makes it, makes it well. So I'm giving it an A. Number six, the Arizona Cardinals take Parrish Johnson Jr. The O tackle out of Ohio State. The Ohio State. A plus. Man, A plus plus. If I had to pick one player, I thought would turn into a Hall of Famer from this class. It's probably Paris Johnson Jr. And they they could have taken him where they were at three. They traded back and were still able to get him trading back in uh, to the the uh, sixth spot here. So uh, I love it. Kyler wanted this guy protection that opens up so many opportunities for next year's draft. Now that you probably aren't going to have to take a tackle in a loaded skilled position draft. Yeah. Uh... I, I'm giving it a day. I think this is probably the right pick for Arizona. However, I wouldn't have mind the idea of them trading back even more and kind of build it up more yeah. uh, picks and, and draft capital for the next few years because Darnell Wright at 10 is another solid guy in this draft class. And I think, you know, obviously there's a bit of a drop off there, but I think it would have been well worth it if you're able to add another first rounder for next year's draft. But, uh, uh, you know, solid, solid pick from the Cardinals. Number seven, the Raiders take Tyree Wilson, edge rusher out of Texas Tech. It's a B plus. I like Tyree Wilson. Um, he wasn't supposed to be there. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you were a little confused at first. But it, it's a nice compliment to Max Crosby. I really thought they were going to go corner, and that's why it's a B plus and not an A. I guess that would be the only reason. Um, but that you got yourself a nice player, Kyle. I want to hear what you got to say about him. I give, I give it a B plus. I think uh, if everything goes well with Tyree Wilson and dream scenario, you have two all pro guys in Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson coming off the edge for you. And that's, that's the best case scenario. However, I mean, his foot was a problem and a lot mm-hmm. of people or some people thought his foot was like to the point where it's like unrepairable and it's going to hinder the rest of his career. So there, the downside of it is that he's hurt and, and things don't work out for, for you. But, uh, if things go well, which, you know, you want to think that they will, Tyree Wilson should be a great player. I gave it a B plus, uh, and he's just this freakishly long dude. So it fits right in with Max Crosby. Number eight, the Falcons take the first running back of the draft going with B. John Robinson out of Texas. It's an interesting one because obviously B. John Robinson is very good, uh, but it's a C-plus grade because the Falcons are – in a lot of trouble right now. The division is open. They have some really high expectations for Arthur Smith and even Desmond Ritter too. So if this doesn't pan out, I think uh, everyone's probably getting fired. Um, and I, I, I personally wouldn't take a running back this early, but we just got to wait and see. I gave it a B. I think, uh, you know, Bijan, there's no doubt about Bijan in this, yeah. like the player itself, Bijan Robinson is going to be probably one of the best players out of this entire draft class. And uh, I just think Arthur Smith perhaps got a little bit premature with the fact of thinking that he can recreate his Derrick Henry offense that he had mm-hmm. in, in Tennessee with Bijan. And it's just not going to be that. So uh, B just cause it doesn't fit the Falcons yeah. as well as I kind of wish it was. Uh, but Bijan Robinson is going to be a hell, hell of a player. So I guess good job on you know, getting that guy. Number nine, the Philadelphia Eagles take the first of 80 Georgia defensive players that they take throughout the entire draft, taking Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of, of course, Georgia. A plus. 
possibly the best player in the class, uh, according to a lot of people who know more than I do. And Philly already has so many Georgia players, even another one later in this uh, this first round that we're going to talk about. Awesome pick. Philly's going to try to run it back, and uh, they're going to have some insane chemistry on the defense, especially. Yeah, I only gave one A-plus throughout the entire first round of the draft, and it was this pick because with the guys that Philly took and the other people that they've had in this past years from Georgia, Jalen Carter is going to mesh perfectly. And the play on the field is not going to be the problem. Of course, obviously, it was the off-field stuff, but I think when you have people that he know and he's familiar with around and he doesn't feel out of place at all in Philly, he'll be just fine. And, uh, yeah, we all know how good of a player he is. Mm. Number 10, the Chicago Bears take Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee. I gave Darnell Wright a C plus, and it, it kind of feels like it's more about the player they went before him. I think they should have taken Jalen Carter. Uh, Darnell Wright's not bad, but it, it kind of reminds me of Mike McGlinchey. Where, yeah, it's a solid player, but when his contract's up and you look back at the draft, um, they're probably going to regret this. Uh, again, solid right tackle, but I I wouldn't consider him one of the top four tackles in this class. So interesting pick. He will be fine at right tackle, but uh, who knows if they you know, keep him long term or not. That's a question mark. I like Darnell Wright a lot. I gave it an A. I think it's uh, he's a great right run blocker and that's exactly mm-hmm. what Chicago was trying to do last year uh, and Jalen Carter like you said like if if you went to Chicago I just don't think it would have been as well of a fit uh, like personally sure. and socially and stuff like that for, for him in Chicago so Darnell Wright being in Chicago I think makes a lot of sense and uh, obviously they added some more picks by uh, moving up one spot with the, or moving down one spot with the Eagles uh, number 11, the Titans take Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. It's an A. I love Skaronsky. His floor is a really good guard in the NFL. And uh, they took Will Levis later in this draft. Malik Willis, who knows? It could be him. Could still be Tannehill. You never know with Mike Vrabel. Uh, so getting whoever it is, some protection. Great pick. I, I gave it a B. I like Peter Skronsky. I'm not super crazy about him. He uh, He's going to be a good player. I think uh, the the high floor is something that the Titans were really focusing yeah. on here too with Skronsky. Uh, but I don't see him being like this all-pro level tackle or anything like that. So uh, B, solid pick though. Titans address uh, some need after you know, cutting ties with Taylor LeJuan and yeah. that stuff. Number 12, the Detroit Lions take Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama. This was originally an F, but I moved it back up to a C plus after they traded DeAndre Swift because I, I don't think he's too far off of Bijan Robinson. And he's again, it, it's a great player, but I, I don't know about running back this early. Um I'm just I'm glad they had a plan and didn't keep all those running backs. So th- it, it helps, but it's still not great. I, I went D minus. I think if you were going to, you know, put this much trust in Jameer Gibbs, you would have traded Swift before the draft. You would have not signed David Montgomery. You would have went in more cost effective ways uh about that position and they didn't. 
And I think, I don't know if they panicked or, you know, Dan Campbell just got so hyped up about this dude in the draft room that people were too scared not to take him. Uh, (laughs) But even if he's a great player, I I think it's the wrong pick at the wrong time for, for Detroit. Number 13, the Packers take the most Green Bay Packers guy name ever. Lucas Van Ness, linebacker out of Iowa. B plus. Uh, this is one of the guys I've had, you know, mocked to a certain team for like multiple months in a row now. Uh, that's Lucas Van Ness to the Packers. Um, uh, like you said, it's a, he feels like a Packer already. It's a good fit, and they got themselves another enforcer on the defense. Yeah, I went with a B. I, I'm not too crazy about this pick, but I'm also not bashing it at all. I think he yeah. fits the Packers pretty well, uh, but it's not going to be some crazy type player or anything like that. Uh, number 14, Roderick Jones, offensive tackle going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I gave it an A. Uh, they jumped up in front of the Jets, took the Jets guy. I was really pissed and uh, and good for the Steelers, though. You know, more protection. They had one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. Najee Harris couldn't go to work like he had been doing previous years. Um, yeah. But good, good for Pittsburgh. Uh, it, I don't give out A's very often, so... Um, for them, man. Yeah, I went to the same thing with an A for for Jones here to, to the Steelers. I think uh, the only better pick that could have been is if they drafted an offensive coordinator and got rid of Matt Canada <laughs> uh, with this pick. But obviously, that's something that you can't do. So, uh, Roderick Jones obviously addresses one of their main issues these past few years, and I think they did a good job of that. Uh, number fifteen, the New York Jets take Will McDonald, the fourth the edge out of Iowa State. So Kyle, we we've watched enough drafts now to know there are teams who take what they need. There are teams that take the value. And then there are others. Other teams who just take what they want. And that we know the Jets tried to trade down from this pick and they couldn't. No one wanted to move up. It's it, it's not a great first round um other than these top couple picks who got pretty good grades, but I gave it a C plus because you know, the F side of it is, you know, what they have an edge. What are they doing? They're, are they going to cut uh, Lawson after he had his first good year after getting an injury? Is Bryce Huff not going to come back? He's been awesome on third downs. Um, but then there's the side where if you get Robert Sala, a guy like this, the 6'5", 250-pound, prototypical, bendy like a motherfucker, edge rusher, it's probably going to turn out okay. So even if he it's just an average starter, I'm not upset because we got Aaron Rodgers. I, I went with the C, the C minus on okay. this draft pick. I think it's not the right pick and it's not the right spot. I've never been a big best available type guy, especially when, you know, the p- position that you're drafting is yeah. a spot that you're pretty deep in on. Your I had him ranked roster. 25th, by the way, before the draft. So yeah. I think the Jets – Whenever you're in a spot when you're in best available and you're drafting a guy that's in in a position that you already have strength in, just trading out and getting more draft capital is something that you should mm-hmm. do because draft capital is so valuable in today's day that it's big to have that stuff. And whether it's even you know moving down three picks and adding a fourth rounder or third rounder, whatever it is this year, next year, that player that you draft in third round can build up for this stuff. And I think uh, using Will McDonald, not as much as probably what he 
ideally wants. I think it's probably, you know, a good fit with Salah and whatnot, but I just, mm. I, I don't like them taking an edge when you have a ton of edges already. Moving on to number 16, the Washington Commanders take a cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. I'm going to give Forbes a C. It's a it's a weird pick because he he looks like a great player. He played great man coverage in the SEC too, but he's also the skinniest first rounder we've ever seen. This guy is the size of Trenton Holiday, and it's it's not something you can ignore, right? It's not like a plug and play type situation when you're playing outside corner in the NFL. It's a big deal. You got DK Metcalf to guard, uh, so he gets bumped down a little bit. C. I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm not saying he's a bust, but it, it's definitely going to be tougher for him to adjust. I went with D because this feels like a Jalen Rieger right before just Justin Jefferson type pick with who went next. And, uh, you know, even just the teams, if you look at who picked and who picked right after the commanders going right before the Patriots, you could tell that it was just going to be one of these scenarios. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I give it a D because the commanders suck. That's just how they do things. Uh, 17, the New England Patriots take Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. Christian Gonzalez uh, to the Patriots, man. That is my second A+. Plus. It's uh, it's about an A-minus pick for getting the top corner at 17. And it gets bump up to the A-plus for fucking over the Jets, who... Finally have some momentum for the first time in 10 years. So they, they get the nod for me. That really pissed me off that we couldn't take a tackle. I went with a for this pick. I didn't give it an a plus. I just, I don't like giving it out just so easily. No, it's, it's uh, respectable. Yeah. But I mean, this pick is perfect for the Patriots. Yeah. They're so good at developing corners. It seems like they have a new all pro corner every single year. And you know, it's just going to work out that way with Christian and Gonzalez. We know how good he is. And we see him go into New England, and we're, uh, I'm saying, oh shit. And I, I'm yeah. not even, we play them like once every three years. So I, I don't even have to worry about that. And uh, yeah, good pick by the Patriots. Christian Gonzalez is going to be a stud. Number 18, the Lions take Jack Campbell, uh, linebacker out of Iowa with the 18th overall pick. C minus. Uh, because I really like Jack Campbell. I really like him. That's what gives him the C minus. Um, but there's a reason the draft has changed. If you, you know what we're going to talk about in a minute, there's a reason why it's all edge rushers and O linemen going at the end there and not, uh, not linebackers, receivers, quarterbacks anymore. It's because they're not valued. Jack Campbell is not going to be guarding any slot receivers. Um, but I still think he's a great player. C minus. It, it's very interesting. Yeah, it seems like this would have been a guy that would have been taken in like the 1980s uh, yeah. in the draft because I look at the number one thing of Jack Campbell and it says instincts. Mm-hmm. And you know when it's, you know, determination or something like that, like, fuck, man, this guy's got bust written all over him. It's it's a D for me. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, number 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Kalijah. Fun first name. Can't yeah. see. A uh, D tackle out of Pittsburgh. B plus. This is a guy uh, I wouldn't be upset if the Jets took him at fifteen because I, you know, after I figured out that uh, we weren't able to trade back. Um, great D tackle, hoping to be the lightning to the thunder of Vita Vea because he's he's a little undersized at D tackle, but he's quick, really quick. Killed it at the Senior Bowl. B plus. Yeah. 
I, I like this pick. I'm giving it a B. Uh, solid pick for the Bucks. I think, like you said, works well with Vita Vea. Yeah. And uh, we'll see that with the Buccaneers, who are going to be an interesting team this next year. Number 20, the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know why I said it's so wrong. Uh, Seattle Seahawks <laughs> took wide receiver, first of many wide receivers, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, out of the Ohio State. It's an A. This is the only receiver I trust. And again, some people don't like that he played primarily slot receiver at Ohio State, but um, so did Garrett Wilson, and he's had no trouble going to the outside in the NFL. So I really like JSN to Seattle. Uh, Get Geno Smith. If he's really your guy, go get him another receiver. Like it. This is absolutely perfect for the Seattle Seahawks, and I think that I love this pick even more for Geno Smith too because not only does he get that top target the Seattle Seahawks there was that question of oh there are they going to draft a quarterback in the first round and it kind of just felt like distrust to Geno Smith when it when I heard those rumors going out and not only did they not take a quarter quarterback they took a weapon for Geno Smith to throw to and it's not just a weapon this dude's an absolute stud so JSN to Seahawks amazing I give it an A uh number mm-hmm. 21 they lost Angels Chargers take Mike Williams. I mean, sorry, Quinton Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU. It's a C plus for me. I, I didn't go any lower than that because I, I know a lot of people think he's going to be a bust. But uh, again, when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, it's never a bad thing to uh, to get an extra guy. And honestly, I, I think he's more of a Juju Smith-Schuster than a Mike Williams. So it's kind of that's kind of the guy they've been missing. They haven't been able to figure out that third receiver over the past couple of years. Not as upset, but I don't think he's the best receiver. So C plus. I'm not a huge fan of this pick. I gave it a B minus. I think Quentin Johnson as a player is fine. I th- and I think if you kind of look at what can happen with the, this pick is that they, you know, they have Johnston and Mike Williams on the outside. And those are two big targets that are going to demand, you know, help over top and stuff. Cause you, you just throw go routes to them. Those are 70-30 balls. Those aren't those aren't 50-50 mm. balls. And when you do, do that, you have the ability to open up the middle of the field for Keenan Allen, and we know how good of a s- smart runner he is. And it also opens up the run game. But Keenan Allen isn't good anymore. Or he's not as good anymore. And they can't run the ball well because Austin Eckler just isn't that type of back. So, uh, and Brandon Staley doesn't know how to call plays either. Mm. Uh, but I, <laughs> decent player, I, I'll give it a B-. minus. Mm-hmm. Number 22, the Ravens take Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Uh, he gets a B minus, little higher grade than Quentin Johnston. Um, he's the only problem is he's really small. You know, a, a lot of people do think he's going to be Hollywood Brown for uh, for Lamar since they got him back. Um, but I, I keep seeing Elijah Moore every time I watch him play. So I uh, I'm not as high, I guess. I give it a B plus. I think Zay Flowers looks like a very kind of like a, uh, he honestly looks like kind of ramp bro. Obviously he's a bit faster than him, uh, but you know, that route running and stuff like that is really what makes Zay Flowers stand out. I think he, he's going to be a guy that, you know, helps Lamar out in those, you know, third and sevens, third and sixes where, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it isn't the easiest to run and go pick up the first down, but being that guy that can kind of sit in a spot and, and direct traffic is, is something I think safe flowers can do pretty well. So I like to pick, I give it a B plus. Uh, 23, the Vikings take Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC, the Adam Thielen replacement. 
B plus, like you said, Adam Thielen's gone. Go get a guy who's a, a great route runner. Jordan Addison should be a good fit there. Yeah, I, I really, really like this pick. I gave it an A. I think he fits that Thielen type mold pretty, pretty well too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's exactly what you know the Vikings were looking to replace. And uh, him and Justin Jefferson should be a pretty fun combo. So I'm giving it an A. I, an A. I really, really like this yeah. pick. Number twenty four, the New York Giants. T- Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. I gave it a B plus. Uh, I think this draft is full of cornerback number twos, guys who will be solid, not not Pro Bowl level. And this is this is the guy, Deontay Banks at twenty four is great value. B plus, uh, good for the Giants, man. Yeah, he can hold his own in man. He's a great man corner. Uh, I think it fits the Giants pretty pretty well too. And uh, I'll just give it a B. Solid pick. Mm-hmm. Number twenty-five, the Buffalo Bills take Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. Man, those uh other AFC East teams are hitting on their picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave Kincaid a B plus. I think he's a great player, great fit, and all. But it's a little awkward with um, you know, all the other tight ends they brought in recently. So maybe they they turn him into the guy, and it's not a problem. But if they're all around four hundred yards, it could be a little confusing. Um. But yeah, yeah, he's a great player, of course. I like Kincaid a lot. And I think, uh, you know, looking for another dynamic target for for jo- Josh Allen besides uh, Stephon Diggs is something that was really, really big for the Bills this year. And Dalton Kincaid fits that. And I think uh, we'll see pretty early on of, of you know, what it, what the benefits are of t- having the guy be a tight end instead of bringing in a second wide receiver to really yeah. With Stephon Diggs, and I think that fits Josh Allen pretty well too. Uh, I give it an A. I think this pick works out pretty well for them. I hope I'm number twenty six. By the way, the uh, <laughs> the Cowboys take Mozzie Smith, uh, deep tackle out of Michigan. Yeah, the Cowboys' biggest issue right now is stopping the run. That is what Mozzie Smith likes to do. But I'm still going to give it a C plus because this guy would have been there for their late second round pick. Uh, great fit. He could become first round value over the years, but not a, not a star. It's, it's kind of one of those drafts where we got to wait and see until they're actually in the system. If it's a good value pick or not. I gave it a D I think, uh, you know, the Cowboys, we know kind of panicked at this pick. Yeah. They thought Kincaid was going to fall to them and end up going to pick before. And they ended up not really having a guy to replace Dalton Schultz, but, uh, Ozzie Smith is a good player and I don't want to, you know, put too much of this D grade on him. Uh, but like he says, he was going to be the later on. So uh, mm-hmm. I gave it a D 27. The Jags go offensive tackle, taking Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, B minus. I think he he's pretty comparable to uh, Darnell Wright who went in the top 10. So it's pretty good value. Cam Robinson suspended for a couple games to start off this year. So here's your guy. Not a not a bad idea. You know, obviously there's other needs, but like we talked about, there's teams who go with the value over the need. I I'm not a huge fan of this pick. Uh, obviously, with the tackles now being a, a pretty interesting situation for mm-hmm. uh, the Jags, they got a guy who could be good, but he's not the plug and play guy that they need right yeah. now. And especially being in the AFC with all those crazy pass rushers, you need this guy to play week one. And he, I don't know if he's going to be ready for that. So I By gave him a C minus. Yeah. He got that, destroyed, destroyed by Will, uh, Will McDonald when they faced each other last year. 
<laughs> so that tells you all that we need to know. Uh, C minus for the Jags. Uh-huh. 28, the Bengals take Miles Murphy edge out of Clemson. Yeah, as of right now, I have no idea if Miles Murphy is going to be good or not, but he has all the traits, the size and the speed. The Bengals have been, you know, losing some of their their defensive guys over the years. They because they've been paying the offense more. Uh, so I gave it a B minus. I have no clue, but I think Miles Murphy can do it. B minus. Yeah. I give it a B plus. I think since he has the. Uh leeway here to kind of take a guy like miles murphy we where we don't know exactly what he's going to be but he's got that potential to either you know be dog shit and be cut in two years from now or he could be that guy who turns into a pro bowl level player because he's got the traits and athleticism to, to be so uh we'll see how it goes in cincinnati i, I like to pick though i give it a b plus they just need to you know turn him into something 29, New Orleans Saints take Brian Breezy, D-tackle, out of Clemson. B-plus for Brian Breezy. Um, It seems like such a Saints pick. When the Saints don't know what to do, they take a, a defensive lineman with a whole bunch of potential. And here's another situation where uh, on the field, he's great. But a lot of injuries and off-field issues. No, no didn't get into trouble, but his, his sister passed away and he missed a couple games. And no one really knows uh, what happened with that. But uh, it's he's a giant dude who can stop the run at worst. So obviously, without the injuries is what I mean. Of course, he could get you know get injured again and never play. But it seems like a good Saints fit. Yeah, I like this pick. I give it a B plus. I think uh, the Saints are pretty honestly one of the more well-rounded teams in the NFL as far as not having too many weaknesses. And yeah. I think they addressed uh, a good. Spot, and I think uh, for a guy like Breezy, you know, being around some of the other guys on that defensive line too are going to help him develop into some, some solid players. So, uh, I, I like the pick, I give it a, a B. Plus. Number 30, the Eagles take Nolan Smith Edge out of you guessed it, Georgia. Mm-hmm. My third A, plus. and the player is not an A, plus, but the idea that they were about to take this guy at pick number 10. And then all of a sudden Jalen Carter is there. So they traded up for him and Nolan Smith is still here at 30 for them. Uh, just an amazing job by the Eagles. Howie Roseman does it once again. Uh, I know Kyle will probably tell you that Nolan Smith is a bust. Uh, I won't go quite there, but it's more about the value on the grade here. I like Nolan Smith. Uh, I, I give this pick an A. I think okay. they, they did a really good job of, you know, finding a good spot to take this guy and not being ridiculed for it. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, if he, if there is going to be a place where he succeeds, it's going to be a spot where he has a lot of his former guys around him and he's in a good defensive scheme and he's got a good team around him. And, you know, that fan base is obviously killer too. So I think if Nolan Smith is going to succeed somewhere, it was going to be in Philadelphia. The last pick of round one, pick number 31, the Kansas City Chiefs take Felix Anudike Ozuma, edge rusher yep. out of Kansas State. They take the local guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is another guy I've had mocked to the Chiefs since, you know, maybe a month into the season. It's a great fit. Uh, he's similar to Will McDonald. It's okay to be skeptical because he hasn't, uh, you know, been doing it in a pro-style rush. But he racked up sacks in the Big 12. Uh, so B plus. 
good job for them. They, I, I like that they didn't, you know, reach for a receiver that was barely going to play in the first round. Uh, they stuck to the board. Yeah, they uh, Chiefs went young uh, on the edge rusher. They got him and George Carlaptis over these past mm-hmm. two years, and obviously Chris Jones is not young, but he's been there for a long time, and he's a guy, a great probably mentor for these dudes. And uh, losing Frank Clark in free agency kind of helps supplement this pick into being a solid one. I think that's exactly what it is. They gave it to be. All right. That's going to do it for our first round grades. Let's go ahead and move out into the second round and beyond for our other 240 picks. No, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> uh, but we're picking three picks each that we thought st- stood out uh, for players outside of the first round, whether mm-hmm. that be for good reasons, for bad reasons, whatever it may be. Uh, so I did good reasons. First person. Uh, so the Steelers had two first round picks, both great, but I'm going to go with Keanu Benton, the Wisconsin D tackle, not Joey Porter, massive run stopper. Another guy who killed it at the senior bowl. And he's going to help at that Pittsburgh D line. Another guy that I wouldn't be upset. Wouldn't have been upset if the jets picked him early. So, uh, good for the Steelers. Uh, I went with another Steelers pick. I didn't go with Joey Porter. I went with the third rounder. I went with Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia, who is an absolute freak of nature with how mm-hmm. big and, and crazy tall he is. He's a, uh, we'll see how he becomes as a player, uh, but he's got the potential to be like Gronk type stuff, but he's not as polished as Gronk and he's not nearly there yet, Of course, uh, but he's got the tools and he's got the ability to just be this freakishly absurd dude that there is no matchup for him in the entire NFL. Obviously, that's the top of the top. If things go well perfectly for him, they probably won't. But dude's a stud. Sauce would figure Uh, it out. Next one. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Next one. My next one is a third-round pick. Josh Downs, the new Colts receiver from North Carolina. It's important to make sure Anthony Richardson has some weapons waiting there for him. I mean, Peyton had Marvin Harrison waiting for him. Luck had T.Y. and Reggie Wayne. Um, I'm not saying... Josh Downs is a Hall of Famer. Kyle's looking at me like I'm crazy right now. He but has down. that wide receiver waiting for him, dog. His name's Alec Pierce. Okay. Well, how about a really <laughs> fast guy? Everyone could use a really fast receiver. That's Josh Downs. I went uh, with the fourth round pick. Guy that went 105 overall. Seems Keely Ringo. Oh, everybody knows who he is. And mm-hmm. he goes to Philadelphia. And you can guess that he was on that Georgia defense. <laughs> things are going to work out for him. That's okay. just how things go in Philly with the defense. Uh, I know this is quite a bit of a fall for Keely Ringo because we, last year at this point, we were probably expecting him to go like in the top of the first round. Yeah. Uh, and he fell to the fourth. But we have this every single year where a big name in the draft falls down to a team that needs him or not needs him, but is, is a good fit for him. Mm hmm. He ends up being worth it all completely. And I think Keely Ringo could be one of those guys. Okay. Who's your last guy you want to talk about? A seventh round pick. This one hurts me again because it's another Patriot. It's Isaiah Bolden, the defensive back from Jackson State, the only HBCU guy drafted. Um, Pick number 245 could possibly be another Marcus Jones. But at worst, he's a nasty kick returner you got in the sixth, seventh round. And uh, and it pains me as a Jet that the Patriots had another killer draft so far. You know, on paper, they haven't actually played yet. 
For my last player, I went with two players because one of them is really, really small. So I feel like I should have added the other dude. Uh, it's two six-round running backs. Went 212 and 215. Deuce Vaughn from oh, K-State. Yeah. Zach Evans from Ole Miss. Great picks uh, for both these teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deuce Vaughn went to the Dallas Cowboys, and his dad was actually the person that picked him. Kind of cool. And Zach oh, yeah. Evans went to the Rams. Uh, with Zeke gone now in, in Dallas, I think, you know, this is a guy that could take Tony Pollard's spot if things go out of price range for next year with, sure. with Tony Pollard. Uh, and then Zach Evans, a pretty wide open running back room uh, in, in L.A. And I think Zach Evans obviously can be a guy who jumps in there and, and kind of makes that job his own. So I, I like both of those picks. I think both of those teams did well and, and a good value for, you know, being in the 200s. Uh, and taking guys who are going to have NFL level impact. All right. Uh, while we're on the NFL topic, let's just go to halftime. Yeah. And then we can go ahead and, and get back to the NBA series. All right. I got only one thing in halftime. I've been keeping it not a secret, but it's the way too early 2024 NFL mock draft. We got uh, a year ahead of us, but it's never too early to start. So I got the top 10 picks here based on Vegas odds to uh, win the Super Bowl. Uh, so the Cardinals have the first two picks. They don't need a quarterback. Uh, and the number one pick is likely getting traded if it's Arizona. Uh, but as of right now, I got Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. He seems like the best player in this class. Um, and they and don't number need a quarterback. one? Uh, well, you know, in my, in my, they would really take him number two. But since I don't want to do any trades because it would get way too weird with, you know, the yeah. season not even starting yet, they're going to stick put. And uh, similar in that situation, since they don't need a quarterback and they're not trading in my scenario, at number two, they're going to take the top defensive player, Jared Verse, edge rusher, Florida State. Uh, he probably would be a Raider if he came out this year, but went back to school because Florida State is, uh, they're onto something. They're probably going to be pretty good next year. Um, number three, the Bucks get lucky in my uh, scenario here because they need a quarterback and there's a really good one there for him. Caleb Williams from USC. Uh, this will be the number one pick. Don't get it twisted. But in this situation, I didn't want to give the Cardinals a quarterback. Uh, Number four, the Rams, another team who could be looking for a quarterback. So let's just give them Drake May, right? Uh, Drake May is is probably going to stick at the the QB2 for most this year. Um, But don't get it to it. You're going to hear that he's going to go number one, but don't believe any of it. It's Caleb Williams. Drake May also good, though. Number five, the Colts. They got their quarterback, Anthony Richardson. So let's give him another guy who would have went in the top 10, Olu Fashanu, tackle from Penn State. He's going back to school, but he's still really good. Give him that left tackle they need in Indianapolis with the aging O-line that we thought was going to be good forever, and it just didn't happen. It's a weird situation over there. Um, number six, the Commanders. Let's give him Quinn Ewers, quarterback from Texas. They finally get a quarterback. Um, likely going to be a new regime there, but definitely new ownership at the time of this pick. Um and I just, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers has been a little questionable so far, but in this scenario, he he gets his shit together and wins the job over Arch Manning. Uh, number seven, the Falcons. I'm predicting everyone gets fired this season, so they're going to go with best uh, best player available. That's Kool-Aid McKinstry, defensive back from Alabama. It possibly could be a Keely Ringo-type fall if we find out that he can't guard anyone who's a receiver one. Um, but as of right now, he's he's pretty good, man. Uh, the Packers at number eight, they got their defensive enforcer. So let's give them an offensive enforcer for Jordan Love, who just got extended. Joe Alt, the giant six foot eight tackle. 
from Notre Dame. This is, they're, they're trying to find their Joe Staley, man. They're massive dude from Notre Dame. Number nine, the Titans. I mean, I, I don't really want to give him a, a receiver, so I'm, I gave him Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia, because he's going to go in the top ten. And um, it seems like they don't really have many weapons. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Kyle? You are forgetting about Chigazio Mokunkwu, dog. He's a tight end in Tennessee. You think Brock Bowers is going to just take over Chigazium's job like that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And number 10, the Bears via Carolina. Xavier Worthy, receiver from Texas. I thought I could go boring and pick another tackle, I think, that won't get injured. But Xavier Worthy, um, massive dude. Uh, another guy who's 50-50 balls or 70-30. And all he needs is to not get hurt, and he'll be a, a, a top first-round pick. So that's the way too early draft. I got way too excited about this when I was making it last night. Uh, but this is what I'm thinking so far. So let's get back to it, Kyle. You know what you need to do next week? The way... Way too early, 2025, first round. Arch Manning. Uh, okay. Let's go ahead and move to the second half, though, where we are talking the NBA series. There's only four of them still going on. We're on to the semifinals. And I guess we'll talk about the ones that have started so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Sixers and Celtics. Game one, Joel B doesn't play. Doesn't matter because James Harden drops 45 and takes down the Celtics in game one, 119 to 115. Are the Sixers, you know, now that they've won a game in Boston, even without Embiid, is this series going their way? Or is Boston, the reigning East champs, clapping back and making their way in? I wasn't surprised that Harden could carry the Sixers to a second-round victory on his own, but I was surprised about him dropping 45 points, uh, matching his his playoff record and uh which is is awesome but it's obviously not sustainable uh boston's still gonna be my finals pick i imagine this one goes to seven uh, even if Embiid comes back uh but philly's legit uh both of these teams know milwaukee's out it's uh this is their opportunity and this is kind of like their finals to get to the actual conference finals uh, if that makes sense so i got boston in seven should be an awesome one but uh, i'm still sticking with my pick uh, I'm I'm going Boston in seven as well, too. I think, uh, you know, this is a good first punch from the Sixers, but we've seen that, you know, Boston can can handle some punches and, and punch back, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. They're not going to have a game where Horford, Smart, and Derek White shoot a combined one of ten from three, mm-hmm. I, I think, in the rest of the series. I think, uh, and if they just make one or two of those, you know, the series, this game is in their hands and they don't lose it. I think... Uh, and B coming back should be interesting. We don't know exactly if he's going to be good for game two, game three, game four, whatever it may be, but we assume to see him back. And I think uh, Boston should handle the series just fine and punch back after game one. Uh, another series in the Eastern Conference that started on Sunday was the Heat and the Knicks. Of course, these teams are competing for a chance <laughs> in the Eastern Conference Finals. The two craziest teams in in the east that's for sure uh heat won game one do they win the series though if butler is still doubtful today then that means he's seriously injured it's, it's no joke and i can't go with miami without butler i gotta know uh if he comes back strong it proves me wrong great uh but i got the Knicks in seven i expect a, a huge bounce back game for brunson 
and Barrett's been great too. Um, can't go with Miami. I'm sorry, man. I, I don't even know if I have the ability to say like <laughs> Knicks are winning this series. I, I got to go with the heat. I think Jimmy Butler probably misses one game. Even if he does just this, miss this one game, it is going to be tough to win two in, in New York anyways. Uh, and I think the heat are going to be fine at home. I think it, it's a tough place to play if you are, if you are the Knicks and, uh, and I know they've been absolutely great this year. And Brunson has been, you know, all-star level good. And, Randall's been amazing too, but Jimmy Butler, if he's playing basketball in May, he's dropping 40. So, uh, <laughs> you better hope you have a way to, to get around that. If, if you're the Knicks and yeah. I don't think they have, they do. So, uh, give me Miami and six on to the Eastern conference finals for Boston, Miami, same thing that we saw last year, um, on the Western conference. So the Nuggets are up 2-0 after Jokic drops 39 and 16 in game two uh, against the Suns in their 97 to 87 victory. Is this series heading the way it seems to be? Or is it just playing home court advantage right now? Phoenix plays great defense, but it's nothing compared to what Denver has been doing these playoffs. You know, Phoenix is, is also shooting terribly. Aiden hasn't done anything. Now CP3 is hurt. I think this one's going to be short. I got Denver in five. Uh, you know, um, it sucks for for Phoenix because they had a, a lot of momentum coming into these playoffs. But um, Denver's just ready for this one. And I I would be scared to play him too, even as a Warriors fan. Even after last year beating them, they're just super locked in. I think uh, this goes pretty short as well too. I think Nuggets in five makes a lot of sense i think they could split in, in phoenix phoenix yeah. gets whether that's you know the gentleman sweep or whatever it is uh and then game five you know it's such a tough place to play in denver if you're not playing uh, for the home team mm-hmm. there and uh i think we're gonna see that and uh the nuggets move on to the conference final a lot of uh, people forget about the altitude for basketball true. because they're inside it's the same though yeah it's tough uh last series though and we're saving the best for last because this yeah. series has all the headlines NorCal versus SoCal, the Lakers versus the Warriors in general, just, you know, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, probably one last battle between LeBron and Steph in the playoffs. Uh, So who do you got? Home court advantage for the Warriors is extremely important here because it's like you're watching two different teams play basketball. But the thing is, it's the same for the Lakers. When Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell are popping off, it's no problem for them. But when those guys start off slow, Anthony Davis gets banged up. I think it's a wrap. It's too risky to pick the Lakers. I'm going with the Warriors in six. I'm going dubs in six as well, too. I think we're going to see, you know, Lakers, whether that is even up the series after four games or taking one in Golden State, they're going to do something that makes, you know, the Warrior fans kind of, oh, shit, are the Lakers, you know, mm-hmm. going to do this. Uh, but then... Steph prevails. Clay gets going again. Wiggins plays solid and Draymond does what he's been doing. And, and same thing with Kavon Lujawan because, yeah. you know, he's been, he's been goat. Uh, Clay's but, uh, first playoff series against his favorite team growing up. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Cause his dad played for them. If you, I know, you know, but for, you know, the seven people listening, that's why it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> but I have the dubs and six. I think uh, it's, it's going to be, it's their series to lose. I'll just say that. And I think having home court advantage makes, makes all the difference in this one. And 
That sets up a, a Warriors Nuggets uh, conference finals, which was the first yeah. round matchup last year. Uh, let's go ahead and head to our bets, though. We'll talk more about the NBA next week. Obviously, once we get you know two, three, four games in for each of these series, mm-hmm. we'll talk more about the MLB next week because there isn't another NFL draft next week, uh, which is good for you know baseball fans that watch our show. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the bets for last week. We had a pretty good week. Uh, as far as layups go, we went two for two. I had Arizona over Kansas City on Wednesday. That was a Zach Gallon start. He continued his scoreless streak up to mm-hmm. 28 scoreless innings so far. And I believe he pitches again today. Uh, so that obviously hit. And then Skyler had Minnesota over Kansas City on Friday. That hit because Pablo Kansas Lopez. City sucks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just K- KC merchants right now, I guess. Uh <laughs> Moving into this week, San Diego Padres over Cincinnati on Wednesday. Luis Sessa is starting for the Reds tomorrow. He's been terrible. He got knocked around by the A's his last start. And, uh, it's never good. Yeah, I'm picking the pods at home. I got uh, the Braves to take down the Orioles on Saturday. Baltimore's hot, but it's uh, Spencer Strider start at home. And if you have been paying attention, Spencer Strider's had a couple starts in a row, 10-plus Ks. He is on one right now. And uh, I wouldn't want to face him. Really? You wouldn't want to face him? No way. I, I I faced a guy when I was 14 who looked like Bartolo. We we swore he was actually 17 or 18 because he threw so damn hard. And, uh, yeah, that's my story of facing a, a Strider-like a, figure. <laughs> that's not Strider. Bartolo Colon and Spencer Strider? When you're 14, though? Okay. That's a lot to handle. Whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. Moving on to our bold predictions. Last week, I had Ian Happ homered on Wednesday against the Padres. That did not happen. But the week before that, I had the Dubs winning the series, even when we were down 0-2. That obviously ended up happening against the mm-hmm. Kings. So, fuck the beam. My shit's green. Oh. <laughs> uh, moving on. It's kind of what yeah. you, or last week, you had, you had Detroit over Baltimore on Friday. That game ended up getting postponed till Saturday. But it was the E-Rod start. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Erod start. Yeah. Erod's been Erod so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, green for Skyler. Thank you very this much. This week, I have the A's winning their first series of the season, not against the Mariners, but against the Kansas City Royals, just like uh, the Royals merchants we've been so yeah. far. Uh, A's get their first series win against Kansas City in KC this weekend. I'm also going with the Warriors, not Warriors, the A's in my, in my full <laughs> prediction here. They're going to win tonight against the Mariners. I'll be there. Kyle will be there working. Hopefully you can take a peek because it's an interesting pitching matchup. Mason Miller, the 24-year-old rookie, against Rice Miller, another 24-year-old rookie, making his debut. Um, should be a fun one. Seeing Mason Miller in person, I'm, maybe I'm just really amped up to go watch him, and that's why I think they're going to win. But uh, screw it, man. Why not? Yeah. That's going to do it, though, for episode 138. We'll see you all next week for episode 139 when we're talking baseball, basketball, hockey. No. Not yet. Stanley Cup, Uh, maybe, at halftime. Yeah, maybe like a shout-out to the winner or something like that. But uh, we'll see you next week, next Tuesday. Go Warriors. Go Mason Miller. Yeah. Let's go. Go Mason Miller. Go Dubs.